Welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all too often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I'm Denise Bullett. And I'm Lauren Montes. Today we have Georgia Valenti with us. Georgia Valenti is an Italian actor, dancer, singer, and writer based in New York. She graduated New York University's Tisch School of the Arts with honors in drama and a minor in dance. She is the co-founding artistic director of Italia Theatre, a women-led theatre company based in NYC. Her latest projects include a Zoom Live reading of Liza Birkenmer's latest play, Scary Animals, directed by Leah Reddy, and the Italia Theatre online series production of This Is Me Eating Blank, created by her. In the past, she has had the pleasure to work with 600 Highwaymen, Gisela Cardenas, Melissa Crespo, and Work Center of Jersey Grotowski and Thomas Richards. Her biggest upcoming project is the short film Till Morning, written by Luisa Galati, in which Georgia will be acting and she is producing. Being an international woman, Georgia plans to keep working, moving, and performing in Italy and India as well. Today, you have brought us a piece called In Parts. Do you want to read it for us and then we can talk about it and talk about you and everything else? Part 1. So one goes, right, and ventures into the world, and they want to be seen, they want to live, they want to be touched, and they want to understand other people. How are people functioning these days? What do people dream? I feel, I feel, I feel lucky. I am so lucky. Leaving feels strange. A part of me is excited, but I think that maybe for the first time, I mean for the very first time, I'm scared of change. I'm scared of change for the very first time. Ten years old, texting all my Italian friends on my way to the airport to leave to India. A tear in my eye. We were ready, the four of us together at the airport, steak for dinner and go. Everything was going to change. We learned how to say goodbye. Each time, each time we returned, each time we would feel small and understand that we are different. We're so different and foreign and full of insecurities, trying to fit in a land that once was ours and that we changed out of. How do the people joke here now? What is the right thing to say? What do they laugh at? What do they dress as? What do they watch? What games do they play on their laptops? I don't know. And what do they think of me? But two months have passed and I have to step on an airplane and go. And I know what it feels like to fall in love in the summers and to feel lost. Lost. Maybe that's it. And everyone watch TV and everyone does what they do. They're safe. I'm lost. I'm not lost. I'm lucky. I truly am lucky to have seen and experienced so much in my life. Just say something, just name it, and I have experienced it. Love? Yes. Good or bad? Both. Loss? Yes. Good or bad? Both. Divorce, art, music, passion, heartbreak, euphoria, abuse, queerness, race, sexism, love, adventure. I have seen places, baby. Part 2 in this metro cube of a train in Brooklyn, going to Manhattan dreaming, in the air there's a tragedy. And as we sit close to each other, because we're tired and we're wearing a mask, do we know the tragedy that is in the air? You're in front of me, stalking me in the metro cube, in the station, on the platform, and you're moving your head, your fingers and your feet to the beat of the music that is playing in your ears. All I hear is screams. I saw people running around screaming covered in blood. And I was with the kids, with the kids I complain about so hard every day when it happened. 
in one second. Something went wrong, someone went wrong, and suddenly le persone correvano dappertutto coperte di sangue. People ran around everywhere covered in blood. And you are beating your fingers to the beat. Is it to impress? Or is it because you're a lost musician going from Brooklyn to Manhattan this morning with a dream, not chasing the dream? Emigrated from South America, now with a family and work permit. And meanwhile, we're in the Metro Cube and we're still sitting next to each other, listening to music, observing each other, and they're all out there. A country which may never get back up again. Who lost the dreamers and the musicians of the future in a second? In a second. In a second. 2020 in a second. I turn around. And where did you go? I'm sorry. I've been distracted by music and the fogginess of my own thoughts. Fun fact, I couldn't even tell you what my mind went through. And meanwhile, a man with his violin and a mask, he's learned to balance on the imbalance of the New York trains. He always plays the tune. So where did you go? Why were you sitting there, far from me, at this time, this day? What were your plans and what were you listening to? Let's walk out. Will they miss me? Those with violins, phones, hats, Spanish music, airpods, cheap and expensive clothes. Will they miss me because I was part of it? Every morning leading my life. So take the courage and walk out of the metro. Wow, that was incredible. I loved that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. I, that felt really good. <laughs> uh, afterwards, she's like, that was garbage. That was terrible. You all We're have glad no taste. you like it too. <laughs> um, so I guess the obvious question that I love to ask, where did this come from? Like, how did this become an art thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, I put these two pieces together for this podcast. Like, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Like, I have bits and pieces of things that I write here and there. And um, I was like, I want to share some of it. And for some reason, I saw these two and I was like, you know what? They kind of make sense for some reason. Mm. I don't even know why, but they kind of make sense together. And the first one, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember when I when I wrote it, but um, it talks about my, I mean, my foreignness. That's pretty straightforward. Like it talks, it's about me being nostalgic of my family and the unity of my family and how we went through, you know, this big move in India uh, to India when I was 10 years old, you know, and just like this feeling of, being a foreigner everywhere, feeling at home everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then the second one is actually more interesting because I wrote that last summer um, when I, I remember that like it was the middle of June and I took this job in Astoria at like a kid's summer camp, <laughs> which Dennis knows. And I hated it, okay? I hated it. Um, I just, I was like, I can't believe that it's the pandemic and I am waking up at 6 a.m. to go all the way to Astoria from Brooklyn for like an hour on the train. To be... We celebrate it when it was over. <laughs> we celebrate it so much. To be with these kids that I don't even like. I really just, I was like, I, I can't. Um, 
But but I think that like being on the metro during a pandemic in the heat of the summer every day for like two hours in Brooklyn. So I would like see the same people and the same workers. And it just made me realize how like there are only like the immigrant workers on that metro, you know, because they need it to get to work despite the pandemic. And I like I, I guess this is kind of me trying to fit in to that reality, you know, mm. um, and 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 understanding like how I fit in or how I don't. Um, and, like there was like this guy with the violin. I used to see him every day. Like every day, he would come on and like play the same tune. And like <laughs> I, I was like, damn. Um, but and then I I specifically talk about the bombing in Beirut. Um, I don't know if anyone caught that, but I, I mean, I didn't actually see people running around screaming covered in blood. I just had read that in an article about the Beirut bombings. And, um, and I don't know why, but it, it fit its way in there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I guess that's how these came to be. Yeah. Did you write each part in one sitting, I guess? Uh, that's a very good question. I feel like the first part for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one I don't know yeah because the first one feels like I need I have a feeling and I need to get it out right now and then the second one feels more like thought upon or like like a little bit of yeah. therapy you know it's more like one is like trying to get something out and one is like trying to make sense of something you know what I mean yeah, I think you're right. I think I think the first one was definitely one sitting, and I I think that it was. Um, I think I remember now when I wrote it, I because I remember who I read it to for the first time, and it was a person that I was seeing um, at that time, and um, it was like I think it was in October, and it was very, very close to um, when my parents got divorced. So, like, in that point, at that point in my life, I was, like, really just, like, dealing with the the separation of my family and, like, you know, everything that we had gone through as a family and, and now not feeling like my roots were anywhere, like, not even yeah. in my own, in my own parents, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's definitely right. The second one, I have a feeling that, like, that first part, I definitely wrote um, when the Beirut bomb happened Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. definitely and then maybe from like i turn around onwards is another time and then let's walk out will they miss me i think that was like the last day of my job because that's that kind of makes sense i bet they miss you a lot (laughs) (laughs) um do you so you mentioned that you write like a lot of parts uh here and there like specifically this one do you have a is it gonna go somewhere to become something else or do you just kind of write them and see where they go in the moment i looked like i started fun fun fact i only started writing like once my parents got divorced (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you for the inspiration dear friends (laughs) yeah um like before that I really did not think I was a writer like at all um and then uh, just somehow like I guess the pain (laughs) it's so sad it's so sad to say but 
I guess, yeah, all of that just brought a lot of feelings um, mm -hmm. and a lot of things that I feel like I needed to write down. But like, you know, when you write and you're like, this is crap, this is crap, yes. this is crap. And I was like, I don't even write and this is crap. But then somehow, somehow I do like it. Um, and, and I started doing it more and it's not, they're all in some place in my laptop, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to become. I do think that like, okay, I am currently like in the early, early work of a feature film, um, which is made, oh, yeah. it's made of like, Okay, well, this is going to go a little deep. We'll see. We'll see how deep it goes. We but... don't... Mm, no, we don't like deep <laughs> on this podcast. We want surface level only. <laughs> Small talk for an hour. You know what? Be... We can, like, make it surface. We can say deep things. <laughs> no. We can say... No, go deep! Deep, deep end. 47 meters, meters down. down. Let's go. We can, say, we can say deep things in a very superficial way, okay? So, okay. That's, that's so, so here we go. The feature film that I'm writing is kind of the narrative of when I found out about my parents being divorced. And the nature of how that happened was that I was like stuck on a boat and I couldn't talk to anyone. Let's just put it that way, okay? So I wrote. So that's when I started writing. So basically I have a diary of me going through that. And it was like on a boat in Sicily, so it's beautiful. So I was like, this has got to be a feature film, man. <laughs> yeah, that's very cinematic. This has to. So I, it's like I picked up that diary and I'm now like translating it from like, it's like half in Italian, half in English. I'm kind of like making it both languages um, mm -hmm. so that like all everything is understood and can be read in both languages. And, and it's like a lot of, poetry a lot of verse some scenes and i think that like all together they could make a good feature you know so i don't yeah. know when you when you write things oh geez what like for example you read these to us in english because that's what we speak on this podcast but um do you find yourself like uh does your brain automatically go to one language or do you sort of like switch depending on what it is like how do you sort of navigate that I guess yeah it's very like if you look at most of my writing it's like so much back and forth and and mm -hmm. Dennis knows this because you know being in Italia theater for with the concept of this is me eating I took a lot of my writing and it's very similar to this you know like mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like I have a pretty <clears throat> um, concrete style and mm -hmm. it just like really like comes in and out however comes natural that's what gets out of my yeah. and then like I work on translating it and making sense of it but at the same time I don't lose how it came out originally yeah yeah the rhythms something that's really evident in your writing this specifically but also um this is me eating is that like you don't really distinguish your Italian self and like your yourself in American or yourself in India it's just like all so evident and so out there I think it's so easy for people to think that like being bilingual or trilingual or those are like just ways that we talk but it is like the way we live it's just half and half the entire time um yeah. and it's so evident in your writing that you um think in many languages and like 
yeah. many places. I was, I guess either of you could answer this because you both speak other many Probably other languages. Probably should answer since what? this is all about her now. <laughs> What'd you say? She should answer it, right? Because this is her. I podcast. mean, I guess, but like Dan, I'd love to hear your thoughts. This Thank is now you. just Lauren's <laughs> questions. I'll um, offer my wisdom. <laughs> um, I feel like one thing that struck out struck out to me that's not a word struck me was um in your writing was the very specific images and like feelings you've captured like there's a very specific word choice with every line and i wonder a little bit do you think that somewhat comes do you think that's like indicative of your style and or is that um do you think that comes with just speaking many languages you have many more options for like the specific word Ooh, interesting. Um, I think it's it's very much just me capturing images, honestly, because I, I think uh, like my writing is completely inspired by real things like there is no. Um, yeah, there's no abstract to it. So like if I'm talking about like me texting my Italian friends on my way to the airport to leave to India, that's what's happening in my mind, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, like, a tear in my eye, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, those... Uh, yeah, it's very much me just, like, taking an image and just, like, throwing it on the screen, on the paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, and you w- do work a lot with images, whether it is... Even when you were describing your feature, um, being in a boat and not being able to talk to anyone... It's either these like very concrete descriptions of images or you physicalizing those images yeah. with your uh, dancing background, obviously. And when you were reading this, this didn't happen when I was reading it by myself, but when I heard you read it, it has such a specific rhythm. Yes. Maybe it's the way you read it, but I like, would you ever plan to like make a movement piece out of this or like where do you see this going i would make a movement piece out of everything you know (laughs) (laughs) i really would it's crazy (laughs) um i don't know i think that maybe sometimes like i just need them i just need to leave them be what they are you know like maybe some of these pieces are really just meant for like podcasts like these or like where um, I think I read some of my oh yes I was I I just I was just in like this tabletop Broadway thing um and and I read some of my stuff for that you know and and maybe like sometimes it's just there it's just meant to be like spoken word you know Mm -hmm. I I don't know Mm. I think the read the rhythm um did you hear I was like read them (laughs) um (laughs) The rhythm um, sometimes comes, it is very inspired by um, my work with 600 Highwaymen, like for sure. I think that like my writing itself is completely inspired by them and their work. And I don't know if you're familiar, but like they, uh, they're all about like asking questions, but not really asking them, you know, and I, and I get, I get so much of that from them, like. Like, let's walk out. Will they miss me? Those with violins, phones, hats. Like, all of that is it, just mm. very characteristic mm. of their writing. And I feel like that's where I get the rhythm. And they, they do all of that in theater. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it can be anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you are very free with like whatever you work with thank you um but yeah so i don't know maybe sometime maybe it's just not going to be anything mm-hmm. um do you are you one of those people who like sees an image when they're just like walking on the street and then like has to pull up their like notes app and write it down really quickly before the inspiration kind of escapes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and it happens a lot on the metro (laughs) Mm. like the metro is like my place of inspiration which is so sad so for writer's block party (laughs) georgia would go to the subway thank you very much (laughs) yeah i don't know it's like it it happens a lot in public public transportation like even like on the bus you know um i i guess i guess that is it but also there are times where like yeah no i guess it is that because i i don't really make time to write i don't it's all in the moment writing Mm -hmm. when when you have a image or emotion or i don't know inspiration how do you decide sort of what uh form it will take because you're obviously a woman of many disciplines so like how are you like you know what i'm gonna write this down or like i didn't feel this movement lies or is it all just sort of like whatever you can do in the moment yeah it's really it's really all in the moment like it's uh, it's like i mean this this like it's unedited it it really Mm. i didn't touch it like I really didn't, which is why there were like some mistakes that I had to like, like move, like kind of like change <laughs> in the moment, because um, I I really like to leave it untouched. But like, this is like if I am, it, it, this was me writing it. Like in this metro cube of a train in Brooklyn, going to Manhattan, dreaming. In the air, there's a tragedy. Like, it just it's very much just me making it whatever it is and sometimes it's long sentences sometimes it's just like I don't yeah yeah I mean our listeners can't see it but it's in front of me and part one and part two look so different yeah the shape on the page she really didn't edit it y'all I can I promise (laughs) (laughs) so unedited guys you can't even tell um who are your you mentioned 600 highwaymen who are your other like big sort of inspirations who you want to be when you grow up that kind of vibes. who or what as well like um, yeah good point <laughs> okay because if you ask me who i want to be when i grow up i'm gonna tell you margot robbie you know <laughs> nice. 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 here this is some honesty you know nobody really says that everybody's like i want to be like Mozart or something <laughs> and here she is like you're saying Margot um, Robbie isn't Mozart that's on you I mean, that's on you we share a birthday so we're like sisters actually oh my god me and Tina Fey <laughs> share a birthday why am I not surprised yeah, I know Taurus <laughs> anyway anyway I um <laughs> who are my biggest inspirations I think honestly like <laughs> Okay, so there's, like, this one teacher of mine who um, I just, like, she was my uh, voice and speech teacher at Meisner, and I always mention her because I swear to God that woman, like, she just, um, she has the career that she wants, and she's happy, and she's determined, and 
um, she was so motivational to me and I, I would just I would just look at her and be like okay I don't want to get in like voice and speech or maybe I will who knows but whatever it is I want to be as content as she is with her life at her age so <laughs> her name is Gigi Buffington shout out to her um, and we know you're listening Gigi I hope so. We'll see. She, if she's listening, she's like, oh my God, all that voice work that I did with her, it's all gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, and then, and then I, I mean, my, my friends, guys, like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, of course, I can say Meryl Streep and like Margot Robbie and, and you know, Virginia Woolf and things like that. But like, <laughs> but I'm seriously, I mean, they're all the same. <laughs> But I am inspired every every day by my friends. Like if I didn't have friends around me who were chasing something as much as they are, I I just wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be doing the work. Yeah. Wow. Or maybe I would, but I wouldn't be as successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fucking inspiring. We should end it now. Just kidding um we're just getting started um i don't have a question i have a question (laughs) i've been waiting (laughs) for this moment um so obviously um we have a tidy theater and you said that you were both um featured in and a producer for till morning so you do a lot of like behind the scenes work company work logistical work as well as a lot of artistic work can you talk to us a little bit about how those two go hand in hand um both like pros and cons of like being a part of it all because sometimes it can be a burden but it's also like nice I guess yeah I mean I can tell you that like now two weeks from like production like the shoots for um Mm -hmm. till morning and I'm like looking at my script and going like oh I also have to prepare for a role you know (laughs) I forgot um it's um i think it's necessary it's very different for um theater and for film like i feel like for film and it's only been this year honestly that i've started being uh behind the scene for film i think one of the things that i've learned the most is that actors are really just they're just another part of it all like I don't know, man, being an actor or just like watching as an audience, you think that like the the actors are like the thing that makes it happen. I mean, we're kind of just like accessories, you know, like the the crew. I'm serious. The crew (laughs) is the one that's actually making it happen. Like it's it's and then when you're called, you're called and you do your scene and you go like there's just so much more happening. And I think that it really um made me a lot more humble (laughs) um I mean not that I wasn't before but like I guess I didn't you know I just didn't understand as much um of what it means to be on a crew on being yeah being on crew um so I think all of it makes you just understand the art more um makes you understand that acting is an art but it's an art that goes hand in hand and is ultimately completely dependent on the art of production and the art of um 
yeah, of teamwork and doing things together. Um, that said, I feel like artist administration has a lot of joys as well um, because it, it feels like you are doing things with other people and uh, for other people while in acting sometimes it can really be it can all it can really feel like it's all for yourself and mm. by yourself <clears throat> um so i enjoy both um and i i learned i just learned a lot from doing arts admin like with italia theater i mean it's mm -hmm you learn so much and and they go hand in hand and they just make you a bigger artist yeah what was the motivation i guess i know the answer to this question but we'll let the fans know as well uh, <laughs> clue what, us in what was the motivation between um, um what was the motivation for creating a theater company and um stepping as co-founding artistic director um tell us a little bit more about that Okay, so, um, well, so first, <laughs> Maria Mueller, who is the, um, also a co-founder of Italia Theatre, she had just graduated and she was going to put up a play that summer, but then it didn't work out uh, because the people that she was working with, something happened, um, I mean, nothing whatever, no drama, but something happened and they just couldn't do <laughs> Major it. Major drama! <laughs> and they just couldn't do it. So then she was like, oh, maybe we should do something. And why don't we just open a theater company? Honestly, when she told me, I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. I was like in my junior year. I was like, I don't even know what that means. But, but something inside of me was like, sure. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and then, sure. yeah, and I was at the beach with the other co-founder, Anna Moyoli, and so we were both in the metro. And Maria calls and she's like, oh, like, I think we should do it. And I was right next to Anna and I was like, would you be down? She was like, sure. And then we met and what do we have in common? We're all international women. And the, the, the need to do things, and, and, and which I'm so glad for because, again, it taught me arts administration, which makes me a better person, a better artist. The, this feel to, this need to, to do things comes a lot from the fact that as someone who is on a visa in this, um, in this country, you have to make the most of your time here because a you don't know whether you're gonna get to stay b you have to do things in order to stay <laughs> you know <laughs> like the the yeah. artist visa is um or whatever visa whatever you need to build something that's gonna prove the fact that you're worth staying in the u.s um yeah. so even though i don't want to say that like italia theater came out of this like need to get the visa ultimately because it didn't it didn't um i feel like that that push and that motivation and that drive definitely has to do with this idea of let's create let's create let's create what we can and that's why i think all of the art that we make or most of the art that we make has something to do with the idea of foreignness and fitting in and what what that takes out of you 
I mean, something that you touched upon, I mean, regardless of the visa, something that I learned in working with Italia and with you and even in Invisible Disco um, is that if you like want to do something, whether it's as a women artist or an international woman or as an artist, you're going to have to make it happen for yourself. Um, we just have to work just like the next person, you know. Um, but in our case, like we have to make it happen for ourselves and... Um, I feel like you are an artist who is constantly busy. Our first meeting, our first Italian meeting, in the middle of a pandemic, March, like hell is breaking loose. And George is like on FaceTime. Everybody's like all around the world. And she's like, so I have this idea. <laughs> and, it's, and then like, this is me eating happens all of a sudden. Um, it's not just ideas with George, it's also like execution. Um, it was, oh, that was such a good time. I can't believe it. Oh my God. <laughs> that was such a good time. Hell was breaking loose. <laughs> Georgia was artistically very inclined. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and it's something that, like, I keep trying to explain to my family, like, this idea of making things happen for yourself. Like, like the, it's, we're in this era of self branding and self pitching. And that's, that's what it really is. It, that's all it's about and it's also wonderful to know that you have an idea and you can make it happen you can yes. i think that's like one of the most things that one of the things i was most surprised with when we started italia but now every time we do something i'm always like it's possible if you have something you want to do something it actually <laughs> is possible like, just go and yeah, do just, it yeah just do it do it mm. It, I mean, it might not be possible in other countries or like, you know, in other, in, if you're in another, I, I mean, of course, like we're, we're privileged. We're as privileged as we can get to be chasing our dreams. But at the same time, it's so encouraging to think that if you have that willpower, you can do it. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you think you feel that way because you are a part of a company and you can like you know that you can execute something that you want would you feel that way without the company um i mean that's such a hard question because i don't <laughs> um i think they go hand in hand you know like i don't it's kind of like the chicken and the egg like what comes first i think that like italia came out of my willpower of doing something and then mm-hmm. it kind of all just like you know dominoed um effect like that i i mean i'm definitely a driven person i always have been um always will be um yeah mm-hmm. i guess that's my as a weak answer <laughs> <laughs> you've kept busy in the pandemic um i guess like where does one find inspiration again in a pandemic when like work is either like hard to find or like not as enjoyable um i guess talk a little bit about work in pandemic what i'm trying to say is (laughs) um yes okay uh well i feel like i as a person really cannot not do things like Ah! (laughs) yes (laughs) i just can't um also like I mean, I'm, I, I hate to bring it up again and again, but it was my OPT time. I had to do things. Like, if I, wanted, if I wanted to apply for the visa and apply for it successfully, like, 
I had to do things. Um, mm -hmm. So there is a mixture of, you know, me being like unstoppable and like <laughs> needing, <laughs> needing to do things all the time. But I feel like there's also a mixture of like feeling excited about the challenge. You know, like it, it, I don't know, in a strange way, um, I, I feel like I, I got I, I got inspired with whatever was around me. So like if 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 it was the fact that I was in, a, in up in the mountains with like my sister's ex-girlfriend's parents, you know, like in California in, in the lockdown with deer that was what i had and that was <laughs> what i was getting inspired you, you know that classic situation that we've all been in it's a pandemic you're locked in with deer surrounding you and your sister's ex-girlfriend's parents in the mountains we've all been there you know you know you know that time yeah <laughs> it's um but yeah and then <clears throat> Um, I feel like I never, I, look, I, I think one of the things that I've learned in my life in general is just to adapt. Like I, I and I've learned it, it's become part of me. So it, it's just such a key part of who I am that I don't even realize that I do it anymore. Like I just adapt to times without even having an opinion about it, about them anymore. You know, like if it's if it's it's the pand the pandemic and it sucks and it does me my mind is already like changing and shifting and adapting to it before realizing that it's happening and complaining about it i mean mm -hmm. complaining or whatever and like expressing my feelings about it and it can be a good thing but it can also be a bad thing because you don't really take the time to listen to your thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. um but I, I think that's that's very much it like i i just adapt um and it's just inherently part of who i am because of how i grew up mm -hmm. so, but that said like you know I'm, i'm starting production for this short film in two weeks and like it's scary It's a challenge, you know, it's it's a scary challenge. Um, but if that means that we have to order like 200 masks and like, um, like, uh, what are they called? Those things that you put in front of your face, um, shield. face shields. And like, we need to tell everyone to get tested or they don't get to set. Then that's it. Then that's just a new way. What's been your progression sort of as an artist? Because now we know you sort of do everything, but how did you get to the doing everything phase? Uh, okay. So, I mean, I started through dance. Like, I I was the kid, you know, who, like, danced everywhere all the time. Like, all the time, just dancing all the time. So then I, I started with dance and then um, when I got to India and I was 10 years old, like the, the moving kind of like changed things for me because it took some time for me to find a place to go um, to take dance classes in, in India and like, um, you know, it, everything was just different. So I kind of like lost touch with that for a bit. Then I got into ballet and like I didn't like it as much. So I was like, ah, oh, okay, let me go and do drama. Um, 
And I, I mean, I wanted to be an actress. I didn't know why, you know, I didn't know. But then I got into it and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, at the same time, I took some singing classes um, and I started modeling when I was 14. And that, that was in India. And then I think that honestly, like only once I came to New York and started attending um, Tish, um, that was when I really discovered my artistry. Like that's when I mm -hmm. really discovered why I wanted to act, you know, and um, <clears throat> what acting was. And then through meeting other people who were also doing other things, Uh, but even just like through the education, like I, I feel like I just discovered my artistry in New York and with the people that I met in New York and um, the teachers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess that's that. I mean, to think that like, you know, I auditioned to NYU for musical theater. I would never do musical theater now. Never. <laughs> like never. <sighs> I didn't know That's anything amazing. back then. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I mean, with writing, I guess, the, as the last piece to be added into the mix, um, how did that feel at the beginning of the pandemic when your writing inspired people around the globe with This Is Me Eating? Um, Saying wow. it like that makes me sound like... <laughs> well, yeah, you don't really give yourself credit for it, but everybody... <laughs> Georgia Valenti, you have no idea what she did way back when in March. But it did inspire a lot of people to join uh, this project um, and relate in some ways, you know. That makes me feel so warm inside. <laughs> um, my God. Um, it was really, um, I felt really seen, you know. Weirdly enough, because again, I was in the middle of the mountains with my sister's ex-girlfriend's <laughs> parents and dear, you know. Um, but it, I mean, it, it like it made me feel very like naked and vulnerable for sure, mm. um, especially with my parents, you know, because they were so part of that writing, um, and there were like things that I didn't necessarily speak to them about. Um, But just in, in general, it was very, it was hard. It was very hard. But somehow, I think that, I mean, thanks to the fact that I shared it with the, you know, the members of Italia, like with you and with the other ladies. And um, like knowing that no matter how insecure you might feel or how um, vulnerable it makes you feel, there's something good in there that is worth sharing that's what kind of like pushed me like the idea that I thought that it was needed it needed to be heard mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it was really scary though <laughs> it really yeah, was. I remember that <laughs> it really was my god and and then it was like so hard because whenever when we were like in the process of making and we were all like you know making those edits on the dock <laughs> and like mm -hmm. everyone was like oh I don't mean to like you know change your writing or like this is your story and I was like no, no, ah, I don't know <laughs> the politeness yeah it was, it was just, which was great of course it was just like what a um, process 
What scares you as an artist? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I think like losing. <sighs> okay, so there are some times when like I'm like, okay, I should be um, working on this character, right? And like the idea of working on getting up and being on my feet and you know exploring things that idea sometimes makes me really scared because i'm scared that i lost my training i think that's mm. definitely something like l- allowing myself to not even allowing myself because hell you know we have a life like it's hard but like suddenly waking up and being like i don't know how to train myself anymore as an actor um that's that's scary that's scary and like the fact that like you know and right now i'm like i'm not gonna take any classes first of all because like they cost money but also i'm not gonna do them online but then you're like but like what if i lose all of that you know what if my instrument just like gets out of tune it's just really scary but i mean you didn't build that instrument up overnight so you're not gonna lose it overnight that's what you think. No, I'm trying to put her at ease. I'm trying No, to. everyone should be at unease. I'm so like sorry. trying to get her through this. And you're like, and I'm like, actually, don't get through this. You actually. totally can lose it. Like, get it together. Um, I want a visual just for that one part of the podcast. Um, I want to know what's next. Right now, I'm thinking till morning, right? That's like happening in two weeks. So, boom. Um, that. And then after that, the visa. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm in the midst of applying for it. I'm doing all the work, and that's the next thing. As soon as I get the visa, um, I want to get an agent. And I want to start auditioning through an agent because my partner right now has an agent and he's getting some good auditions and I'm like I'm so sick of backstage and like (laughs) having to like you know do like little videos of me for like apps and stuff (laughs) I'm like so and and also like a modeling agency hopefully um and for Italia getting a grant, putting up a show. Um, you remember what that felt like, putting up a show? God, could what? never be me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, um, the big important question, what do you do when you have writer's block? Stand away from the closing doors, please. <laughs> <laughs> I just get on the metro. Um, I, I honestly, like, I don't think that I'm enough of a writer to know that. Um, I mean, there are there have been times where I'm, like, sitting and writing and I'm forcing myself to write and, like, I'm writing some to be honest like I'm just there I'm like why am I writing this this is not mm, this why why haven't I written in so long but that is not has never been productive for me like it's nothing mm-hmm. has ever come out so like and and I don't yeah I feel like I'm not enough of a writer because I just write when it comes 
and I write what's around me and what inspires me. So. But for your feature film, you are going to have to sit down and write no. You're right. But like, I mean, all of it came from that summer. So I don't have to create anything for it, which is why with that, I'm like, I work on it every day. Like I have a, like a little, like 20 minutes in the morning where I just work on that script. Um, But that's because it's already all there. I just need to refine it and translate Mm -hmm. it. Are you actually, like, turning it into dialogue as well? Like, your diary entries? But I'm starting to picture it. I think a lot of the feature film would be voiceovers. Like, I see a lot of, like, swimming shots. Because I used to swim a lot. Like, Mm. I would be like, oh my god, I need to get away. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I mean, I have, like, this idea of, like, the first shot being, like, me coming from underwater and like seeing the sailing boat on the distance and like swimming to it with a voiceover of some of my poetry um probably one shot you know it's like yeah i'm just yeah i'm excited for that one shot of like someone under the water with you swimming with you yeah the freaking diver with a gopro underneath that's just like (gasps) yeah guys i mean the production you know i'm gonna need a sailing boat we're gonna need to be in italy (laughs) i'm gonna need good actors to be my parents (laughs) (laughs) um any producers out there i guess besides the three of us (laughs) if any of you are listening do something Thank you so much, Georgia, for coming. Um, Thank you. Do you want to plug in anything? Anything coming up that we should keep an eye out for? No, no, man. Just uh, keep your fingers crossed for me for getting the visa. Take a look at Italia Theater and uh, stay tuned for Till Morning by Luisa Galatti. Thank you so much, Georgia, for coming and sharing your work with us. It was lovely talking to you. And if you want to know more about Georgia, Uh, feel free to visit her wonderful website, georgiavalenti.com. Thank you, guys. It was awesome. Bye. Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Productions. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Denise Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keane. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week.